I am not preaching on the gospel lesson that we just heard. Um, as tempting as it is, actually, after a day of hearing it, after the eight o'clock service, this, this never, ever happens to me, ever. Um, after the eight o'clock service, three people came up to me and said, I was waiting for you to preach on the gospel. Um, and after the 1030, a lot of people thanked me that I did not. <laughs> Which every service has its own personality. But I will say one thing before we get into tonight's reflection about that reading. One would think that that was written after the 2016 election. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Another commentary could be Jesus didn't have to come for families to be divided. Uh, one of my good, good friends and mentors who's a pastor, she always says that, um, and I've said this at Wilderness many times and at the morning services many times, um, dysfunctional family is redundant. Dysfunctional just means this is how we function. <laughs> and I think the spirit, at least, of what Jesus is saying there to us today on August 14th, 2022 at this service is that it's really not God who divides a family. It's not the good news of Christ that necessarily divides a family. It's not the gospel that divides the family. The good news of Christ, this good news of the kingdom that Jesus is constantly proclaiming in Mark and Matthew and Luke and John, of course, they don't really use the phrase kingdom of God. It's called eternal life. That's another way of referring to the kingdom of God. It's not that the kingdom or Jesus divides families. It's that when this kind of counterintuitive peace and justice and wholeness comes into the world in Jesus, it accentuates the divisions that are already there. And so that's just something for us to pray about, to sit with, as our world continues to contend with so many huge challenges that are honestly existential. These are existential challenges. Someone mentioned the climate crisis. These are existential. These are not really matters of um, polite disagreement. <laughs> Um, because it, it is our common fate that we are all um, contending with, which might be the divisive piece, is that we get nervous when we think about the generations coming after us that will inherit a world and an earth and a planet um, that is not necessarily uninhabitable, but it will be very hard to inhabit. And so that puts pressure on us to put pressure on corporations and on our elected officials to make the right decisions about the world in which we live. Because as so many people have said for so many decades, we have one planet. There is no planet B. This one is it. 
And yes, we serve the God of all creation, the God that transcends even the planet that we know. But this is the only planet we know. And this is the one we have to give to those after us. And as we've talked about in many, many different reflections at this service, the connections are all there between our exploitation of the earth, our exploitation of each other, our disregard for the earth, our disregard for each other. The scriptures aren't clear really about anything, but if they're clear about something, it's that our life and the life of the land and the sea is interconnected. And we cannot in any way extricate ourselves from that reality. Let us pray. In the waters of baptism, faithful God, you beckon us to wade with you, trusting that you steady us with love and anchor us in hope. Thank you for being a God who is companion and confidant, friend and guide. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning, three people received the sacrament of baptism here in St. John's Cathedral, about 15 feet behind me. Held over the font, water gushed over, around, and under them. The sign of the cross was traced on their foreheads in the oil of chrism. And they heard for the first time of innumerable times over the courses of their lives that God the Holy Trinity loves them and treasures them beyond all measure. They also not only heard, but experienced viscerally what I once read somewhere. They experienced as infants being called their adult names in the same way an adult being baptized is held like an infant. You might not look like the adult your name nods to, and you might no longer be the infant your adulthood betrays, but in God's time and imagination, you and I are simultaneously both. Gordon Lathrop, the great Lutheran theologian, has said that due to the haunting of old customs that we can't seem to rid ourselves of, baptism has a reputation for being a family affair, even though we know better than that. Baptism is no private traipse through a glorified bird pond. It is one of Christianity's great sacraments, an action that burns a hole in the middle of the illusionary walls of our imaginations. When I convince myself that God is up there or out there or simply not involved with this dimension at all, the waters of baptism come flooding into my world, warning me that the God of Jesus isn't some abstract fairy tale, but is a flame at the center of the cosmos, burning but not consuming. 
the three children we baptized earlier today also experienced the first of a series of deaths and resurrections they will bear witness to over the course of their lives. One of my college professors once said in a chapel talk that death and resurrection is threefold. First, Jesus died and was resurrected. Second, in baptism, we die and are resurrected. And third, we live our lives, whether we like it or not, waiting for our literal death and subsequent resurrection. This threefold shape of death and resurrection does not account for the many deaths and resurrections we and our planet experience in our own ways. A breakup, death, a marriage, resurrection, and sometimes death. The loss of a job, death. Being hired at a new job, resurrection. This pattern, if attended to, can be seen in almost every moment of every day. It is not difficult to imagine that the Christian life, the baptized life, is a recurring rehearsal for what meets us on the other side of this mortal coil. And if someone tells you this is exactly what heaven is like or this is exactly what hell is like, run in the other direction. They don't know. They don't know. I'm a priest and I don't know. We don't know. There is, that is a great mystery of our faith that we speak of heaven, we speak of the afterlife, we speak of eternal life, and we know that it's not linear and it's nothing like what we know now. And then there's an ellipsis. <laughs> the creeds don't explain it. The Bible doesn't explain it. The early church mothers and fathers thought they knew what they were talking about. But it's really a shot in the dark. And what I hold on to is if God loves me on this side of life, God loves me on that side of death. And that's all I know. If I know that. But holding all of this together... Death and resurrection, it must be said, is God. Holding death in the same thread as resurrection, holding disappointment and exhilaration, holding power and vulnerability as one whole is the same God who delivered the Israelites on dry ground across the Red Sea, preserved Rahab's life during a reconnaissance mission. This is the same God who used ordinary people to bring about justice, to realize promises, to shut the mouths of lions, according to the, the author of Hebrews, and routed foreign armies. It's the same God. It is this God who gave mothers back their dead by resurrection, who was a companion to those who experienced public shame, 
taunting, and violence. This portion of Hebrews sounds like a normal day in the lives of the people who faithfully walk through our doors and are willed through our doors, Sunday in and Sunday out. Present in every story that I hear of yours, in every drama I witness unfold between you and between God, I grow more and more convinced that there is something, someone, between and within and without us who is sustaining us and willing this, all of this, all of this to be. And that may very well be the promise of baptism, Plunging into the chaotic sacramental waters is not so much a shield from difficulty, but the strength to face it. Amen.